podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, welcome to a special episode of Pacific Down and Distance. Uh, this week we're going to have a look ahead uh, rather than behind. Uh, we're into playoff phase now, post-seasons. There's a lot less matches, so the shows throughout the rest of the season are going to look and feel a bit different. Um, we are going to get some guests on to help us work through the matches because we can actually analyse them a little bit more given that there are uh, so many fewer with so many teams going home. Now, to kick it off, we're going to uh, bring on a man by the name of Ed Irving, who's been a friend of mine for 20 years. Uh, we actually met almost 20 years ago to the day, as it happens. Now, Ed's uh, not only got a lot of uh, knowledge about NFL, uh, we're in a fantasy comp together as well, which probably won't surprise any of you, but he's also got good medical knowledge, so we do get into a couple of, uh, just at the start, a couple of the... Uh, you know, a bit of the heavier issues going around the NFL at the moment with uh, Damar Hamlin and Tua Tungala Viola. So we'll start there and then get into a bit of lighter stuff, a bit of a review of the season, and then into the preview of the wildcard round. Stick around for the whole chat. I think you'll really enjoy it, and uh, do get in touch with the show if you like it. Uh, we'd love to get you on as well for one of the uh, later episodes of the playoffs and then into the trade period and ahead of the draft. Now, just one last reminder, this show is a collaboration, so Outside Centre Enterprises and the Sports Social Podcast Network, uh, who are very supportive uh, of, of our show. So uh, if you are a new listener, and there will be a few with Ed's inclusion, please get along to the, uh, the show notes. You'll see the Sports Social website in there. A massive, massive catalogue of sporting uh, podcasts from all around the world. No matter what your sporting taste, you'll find something there. So do go along and have a listen to them. They've been really supportive of us, and uh, this will help grow the show and grow the portfolio more widely. All right, let's go off and have a chat with Ed. So as promised, we've got our very first guest on Pacific Down and Distance to uh, help me preview the wild cards and review the uh, regular season. I'm very glad to have my good friend, old friend, Edward Clark Irving. Ed, thanks for joining the show. How are you going and where are you? Uh, pleasure to be here, Corbo. I am... Um... I'm coming to you from the sunny town of Dubbo in New South Wales West. Uh, it's about 37 degrees here today. Very dry, very hot, but very lovely. Awesome. Now, we do take this show everywhere. So uh, if you're listening, Dubbo, New South Wales, get around it. Plenty of stuff to do in Dubbo. It's not a tourism show, but you should come down. Big zoo, <laughs> big jail. It's excellent. <laughs> No, nah, it sounds good. Sounds good. I've got to get there myself. Now, what we're going to do in today's show, we are obviously going to preview the big wildcard round that's coming up, but I just wanted to get uh, your take on a couple of other things. So we'll, we'll have a quick sort of Q&A about the regular season that's just finished. But before we get there, um, you, you've got a medical background. There's been the, the, the real big talking point of the entire season, I think was fair to say, was uh, the incident involving the Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin, on Monday Night Football of the second last week, week 17. I uh, just wanted to get your take uh, on on the actual incident uh, that happened and then also, you know, how it was sort of portrayed and represented in the media. And, yeah, what's a week and a half down the track, what's your view on all of that? Uh, yeah, so I was actually watching it at the time, funnily enough, because... Uh, 
like you, I'm involved in a fantasy league and there were some implications and I was watching that game. Um, I guess first thing, it was quite a shocking thing to see in real time. Um, you're used to seeing players go down uh, and usually it's you know, due to a head injury or, or a heavy hit, but the fact that there was CPR administered obviously made this one different. When I saw it in real time, um, I guess the there's only a few things that could actually cause that to happen and there's been a lot of stuff on the on the internet like everyone else you know you get to to googling and see see what's going on because you want to know a lot more of what's happened because it's scary for everyone watching um i guess he took a pretty pretty hard hit to the chest seems to be okay and then lost consciousness after that uh, there's been a lot of talk in the media and, and online about a condition called commotio cordis, uh, which you know, is a pretty feasible explanation for what's happened. Um, we can go into that a little bit if you, if you like. Um, but yeah, the initial reaction, I guess it's just terrifying to see something like that, um, to see CPR be administered on the field and then the, the aftermath that obviously you know, really affected all the players and the and the media as well when it happened. Yeah. So my layman's understanding of the injury is that it's the combination of the, the force and the timing within the heartbeat cycle that looks like that's what's caused the incident. Does that sound a fair summary? Yeah. So it's it's a condition that's actually, if we're talking about commercial cordis or it's essentially, it's like a concussion or stunning of the heart. Um, and it's been described a lot actually in little league baseballers where a base a, a hard ball will hit them right in the middle of their chest um and the way it works is essentially if, if you get enough trauma to the heart at the right time of the cardiac cycle it can set you into a, a cardiac rhythm that essentially makes you go into cardiac arrest so without going into too much cardiac physiology because i'm sure your your listeners would probably fall asleep before the end of the podcast um, it has to happen right at the right time of the cardiac cycle and you go into a rhythm called ventricular fibrillation um, and that's essentially a, a cardiac arrest rhythm which you know would explain what happened to Hamlin given that he took a hard hit to the sternum, um, went down and then that happened. Whether there was any underlying um, congenital cardiac abnormalities or he'd been unwell and had some other you know, illness going on that could have contributed to it, it's hard to know. Um, and I guess only the doctors that were treating him uh, at the Cincinnati hospital would know that. Um, but that seems to be a pretty feasible explanation. It's not that common um, once you get out of your teens. Like generally, it's more of a, a thing that happens in younger people because they've got a more compliant chest wall, meaning it's a bit more rubbery, meaning that the force that you get from outside is transmitted through to the heart a bit more. Um, but yeah, I think it's a feasible explanation. I guess we're all just sitting around pontificating from a distance. But, you know, like everything in sport, that's what we what we like to do. I guess in this case, though, it's a bit more serious and there's high stakes. It's just good that he's made a recovery and he's out of the intensive care unit and potentially even home now. I'm not sure. I think he is home now, yeah. yes. At the time of recording, he's been discharged from a second hospital in Buffalo. I'm not sure how he got from Cincinnati to Buffalo either. That must might have been the uh, owner's plane, I guess. All right, well, we'll move on. Um, I'm going to do some quick Q&A with you about some of the teams that are not 
in the playoffs, um, just to get your views or just some non-playoff issues, and then we'll get into the wild card matches. Um, just just staying with the injury theme briefly, I uh, wanted to get your view on what you think Tua should do, the Miami quarterback. He's not playing this weekend, and uh, he has taken two or three concussions this year, but he also, when he, when he played, I think bar two games, he was basically unstoppable and had a really good connection with the two. Uh, wide receivers, Waddle and Tyreek Hill. So uh, have you got a sort of thought there on, on what he should think about over the offseason? Look, I think it's a hard one because he's had repetitive, he's had concussions multiple this season. And the more what we now know about head injury and, and CTE is that it's cumulative head knocks that ultimately leads to problems down the track. Um, so you're sort of weighing up your long-term long-term life functional outcomes versus your, your career right now. I think it's, to be honest, I think this is probably going to be a personal decision for him and his physicians that are looking after him because it's it's easy for people on the side to say, oh, no, he definitely shouldn't play. But then you think about it, it's his livelihood, it's potentially his family's livelihood. You know, these people earn millions of dollars and that trickles down to a lot of people. It's a lot of pressure on them and, and you know, I would not, be saying that he should be pressured to play because it, it's his life, it's his head. Um, but I think it's a bit more nuanced than just saying he should or he shouldn't play. I think it's a it's a hard decision to make and it's a very personal one. It it does make it difficult when you've got young players who do have that pressure on them to sort of go around, uh, you know, the nature of consent and, and, you know, whether he has actually got his own free will to make that decision himself. Because I'm sure there's a lot of people that are egging him on because they want that, you know, that extra tag who you'll watch or the little trip to the Bahamas or whatever on a private jet. He he did have a breakout year. This is one of the things, right? And he's still on his rookie contract. So uh, you don't you don't really get your real sugar hit in the wallet until you get from the sec- to the second contract. And that's obviously going to be a consideration as well. But I don't, I don't know if you caught any of his um, work earlier in the season. He, I saw um, a few. I mean, he was he was playing pretty well. And I think for someone who'd had his knocks in his first year, like as in more people aligned. wondering whether he was going to make it and all this sort of stuff. Because from memory, he was in the same draft as Joe Burrow. Is that and jo- and Justin Herbert? So uh, Justin he was picked. Herbert, yeah. He was picked one spot ahead of Herbert. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Herbert's obviously. You know, he's been going very well. And so, you know, he's had a lot of pressure on him playing very well. So it is unfortunate for him. You've got to feel for the guy uh, having these head knocks. But I guess it's the nature of a rough sport. Now, a couple more quarterbacks for you. So um, well, what did you make of the uh, whole Russell Wilson to Denver sort of situation that never really got going? Oh, uh, look, poor old Russell Wilson. I think... Um, there's short men everywhere that were probably praying for him to to get it going because he is the he's the champion of the short man, but it really has been a tough year for him and I think a a great year for everyone living in Seattle. I've got a friend who I spent a couple of days with over Christmas who who lives in Seattle and I think you know just power to them. They've turned around. They've had a great year with Geno Smith and you know it's it's looking good for them. Not so good for Denver because I'm not sure how much they're they're paying him, but it's in the order of uh, many, many, many millions of dollars. Well, part of the issue they had was that they actually extended the con- the uh, contract during the off season. They didn't have to, but they did. I think there was an ownership change, and the owners came in and 
and extended the contract because they like what they saw in the in the preseason. The same thing happened with Indianapolis with Matt Ryan. Yep. Both both teams saw this massive impact of the new quarterback, and yet it hasn't translated in the regular season. Into reality. Yeah. They must have a lot of money to spend. To be like, if you know, they're just they're shooting off in the off season, just saying let's extend that. It's um. From what I, from what you hear as well, I mean, look, I don't want to cast shade on Russell Wilson. I'm sure he wouldn't care if I did. I'm not sure whether we're ever going to run into each other. Doesn't seem that well liked. Um, yeah, leave it at that. Now, Derek Carr, uh, he's going to be leaving the Las Vegas Raiders. You think that's fair enough? Uh, you know, would would uh, would he be better somewhere else, and would they be better without him? Look, um, lovely eyes. It's one thing I've always thought about Derek Carr. He's sort of one of those guys where you think, does he have just really thick eyelashes or is he wearing mascara? I reckon maybe a little bit of both. I'm not sure what your take on this is. He's got very dark rims to his eyes. Um, so he's a, he's a great looking man. Uh, and he's had, I think he's, you know, he's, he's obviously a good quarterback. It's hard with the quarterbacks, I think, because they're obviously supremely talented. And then they're judged against other supremely talented individuals so you know when you're comparing yourself to like your Mahomes your I mean even your Tom Brady's still got it Aaron Rodgers your Joe Burrows your Herberts it's very hard to to come up against those Josh Allen um so look I think he's he's down the order from that and he's a capable quarterback and on the right team sure I'm sure he could he could go well I have a feeling he might end up at the Jets, but we'll uh, we'll wait and see there because they've got a gap. So, well, and they've got a great team. Yeah, yeah, just not at quarterback. I think those R's would go well in New York. Now, Sean McVay's contemplating stepping away. Thoughts on that from the Rams? Uh, he's. Um, I think he'd make an excellent TV host. He's, um, again, I don't want to be making allegations on your podcast. He seems like the the type that would do great on American TV because he's somewhere between sort of having ADHD and um, being on amphetamines. Um, <laughs> sort of always looks like he's super hyped. You might have to edit that out. Might have a couple of groups coming after you. If you <laughs> um, but no, he's, he's, look, he's clearly looks after his body. He's got a face for television. Um, and very enthusiastic. And to be honest, he's won the Super Bowl. I mean, what else have you got to achieve? Uh, younger than us too, by the way. Younger than us? He's hey, 36. Speak for yourself. I didn't want to give I away your... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, a little one, Adam, slightly out of left field for you. Uh, so I don't know if you would have seen many of the Thursday night football games uh, throughout the year. They're played on Friday here. So... A new new broadcast that was done entirely on Amazon, so entirely streamed. El Michaels and a guy called Kirk Herbstreit, who's more well known for being a college uh, football analyst rather than an NFL analyst. El Michaels, um, they got a lot of like pretty ordinary matchups as well. So El tended to go off the uh, what do you call it? Uh, he sort of freelanced a bit in the commentary. I don't know if you heard any oh, yeah. of his work. Went a bit off yeah. the list. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, uh, yeah. When they had the Washington Commanders on, he uh, sort of. Uh, he he made his. There was a match against Chicago that I think was a bit of a, a a dull match, and he sort of made some commentary on ownership and maybe 
that they should sell. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if you saw any of that or whether you thought the broadcast looked good or any any takes there. Uh, look, I didn't I didn't see it, but I'm all for. I love it when commentators just shoot from the hip, especially when it seems. And this is why, you know, I think NFL does lend itself to that because you know because it's very. Um, it's sort of play, you've got your play by play, but there's also a bit of downtime, especially with timeouts and things. So it lends itself to people just, you know, getting out there a couple of opinions. I can't imagine it's something that they're encouraged to do because it's, you know, the amount of money that's in it, it'd be micromanaged, presumably. Um, but the only thing I can say to that is uh, more of it. If commentators yeah. just speak your mind, I love it. And, and uh, the last one I'm going to ask you before we get into the preview, uh, you've got a very good friend of yours who I'm uh, hoping will be listening, uh, who's a big Houston Texans fan. So what have you made of the uh, just everything that's happened there? They got rid of Deshaun Watson after his, uh, his scandal. They've tried a new quarterback, Davis Mills. It's kind of worked, but kind of not worked. Uh, they've now sacked their co- they've sacked two coaches uh, uh, in consecutive years after one year each. So just looks a little um, – they're probably not at the most marketable club to begin with. I don't know if that's a fair comment or not. So, yeah, what, what's your take on that whole situation in Houston? Um, look, I don't think it's controversial to say that it was the right thing to drop to Sean Watson. Um, you know, he's uh, – we won't go too much further into that. And the Browns have their own, I guess, reasons for, for picking him up. It'd be good if they could turn it around. I mean, if anything, for uh, that common mate that we're talking about, Sanchi, just, you know, he's a lovely man. You'd, you hate to see it for the guy, you know? Yeah, indeed, indeed. Shout out to uh, to Luke if you are listening. And we'll he better sure be listening. Oh, we'll, we'll get him. Now, um, yeah, no, I just think it's also unfortunate when, uh, obviously, you know, to lose your job, that's unfortunate. But ch- turning over a coach year after year, uh, at some point you got to be able to, look more deeply into what your organization is doing and and not blame the coach because some people feel like Lovey Smith knew he was going to lose his job and that's why he went for the win against India in the last round rather than sort of yeah a defeat would have had them get the number one draft pick yeah which doesn't really make sense for the long-term sake of the club it sort of it reeks of chaos when you turn over leadership in rapid succession I guess for the owners they have to be seen to doing to be doing something. Um, in these NFL teams, it seems like the only constant is the ownership, and the only thing they really have in common is the fact that they've got absolute bucket loads of money. You know, they, I, some of them, I'm sure, have a lot of vast wealth of NFL experience, but it's really just that they uh, they have billions and billions of dollars. So. And those things always get looked at with the prism of hindsight. You know, De- Detroit, who have had a good year, will be uh, will be using LA Rams draft pick number five or six uh, because of the Matt Stafford trade. And Seattle will have Denver's um, first round pick, which I think will also be in the top five or six. And that's because of the Russell Wilson trade. So they're actually oh, going right? to be in a position to... So the Rams, yeah. just, they completely bummed out, right? Because they they don't even have their draft pick. Correct. So the Rams haven't drafted in the first round since uh, 2016 when they took Jared Goff. Uh, so the entire McVay reign, they have not uh, used a first round draft pick. They've always been sort of trading out and trying to um, build their roster quickly, which did get them a ring. So Maybe with know. that pick, they shouldn't pick in the first round anyway. Yeah, yeah, true, true. <laughs> 
All right, what we'll do now, we'll crack on with the previews of the wild card round. So there's no right or wrong answers, Ed. Just tell us, uh, I'll go through the games one by one. I'll get your thoughts on uh, what you think might happen and anything you're looking forward to. And if there's a particular game uh, as we go along that you will definitely be setting out to watch, uh, let us know that as well. So we'll, st- we'll go through them in chronological order. Uh, Saturday afternoon, US uh, time, Seattle at San Francisco, uh, seventh seed versus uh, number two seed. Look, I think this is, uh, I think it'll be a good game because they're two teams that I imagine have pretty good supporter bases. San Francisco, well, I'm hoping, and I think they will take care of business. Love me a bit of CMC. Uh, he's really been the only shining light on my fantasy team the last four years. Um, very versatile player, and they've got a lot of skilled players. Doesn't seem to matter who their quarterback is, I think they'll get the job done. Excellent. Yeah, Saturday night. I think probably the most exciting—not exciting, but just the interesting matchup for me of the uh, of the six. Mainly because three of the six games are in division matches, which is just a bit unfortunate. But uh, yeah, the uh, Chargers are going to Jacksonville. So Justin Herbert versus Trevor Lawrence. That'll be the old Michael's game too. So that'll be good. Could we call this the Battle of the Pretty Boys? We could do. I don't That's know if Trevor Lawrence is a pretty boy, is he? Or are you just giving him that status because of his hair? I mean, he looks like a handsome brother. He does, actually. I'll give you that, yeah. Uh, look, that one, I think um, I, the Chargers have a lot more talent, it seems, but they don't seem to utilise their talent. I, I reckon go the Jaguars. Get them in. Yeah, well, they've come hot at the right time of the year. They've yeah. got a coach who's won a Super Bowl. So, yeah, you never know. All right, moving on to the uh, the Sunday slate, so to speak. Miami at Buffalo. Oh, it's got to be Buffalo. I think Miami gave him a bit of trouble earlier in the year, but no chance. Buffalo will take care of business. Yeah, okay. I thought you might say that. Uh, then we pivot over back to the uh, the NFC. Oh, yeah, Minnesota and New York Giants at Minnesota. Sorry. Uh, look, yeah, this will be an interesting one because I guess the um, Minnesota... Have been they've got a good record, but they you know their plus minus isn't too good. They've been scraping through. I reckon go the Giants. Yeah, Daniel yeah. Jones, eh? Hey, he's Daniel Jones, the poor man's Tom Brady. Sa- Saquon Barkley. Is he playing? He should be. Is he oh, injured? Lock it in. Lock it in. Yeah. Now, uh, the night game, Cincinnati uh, hosting Baltimore. Now, these two teams played only last weekend, although. Um, I don't know, if, yeah, if you would have noticed this, but Baltimore, um, they they used their third choice quarterback, so Lamar's still not back, but I think Tyler Huntley, the second choice, is going to play. But uh, I don't think it'll matter. Bengals, yeah. they're going through. I think they they might go all the way. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're obviously a big fan of a, uh, of a yeah, gunslinger. Love me a bit of Bengals. Yeah. Excellent. Now on to uh, on to the Monday night football, the last game. Uh, Dallas at Tampa Bay, so yeah, America's team versus uh, the GOAT. Versus America's man. Um, I'd love to see Tampa Bay win, only because I just, I'm, I'm inspired by the Tom Brady story. I, I think he's, he's pretty incredible how old he is, and he's still playing. I started reading the TB12 method, to be honest. I got past the chapter and had to, had to put it down. It was a bit much. Um, but he's an inspiration. Uh, let's go, the Buccaneers. Righto. 
All right, now, Ed, before I let you go, I'd love for you to uh, give me a prediction for the NFC Championship match and the AFC Championship match. So who, uh, who, which four teams do you think will be playing? Ooh. Um, look, I'm not even... I think San Francisco is going to go through to the um, Super Bowl. So it'll be San yep. Francisco versus someone else. Philly or... Um... Minnesota or... Uh, let's go Philly, if that's possible. Yeah. Yep. I think, you know, they've got the bye. They're, they're rolling pretty well when they've got Hertz playing. So I think San Fran and Philly. And then uh, the AFC? The AFC will go Bengals. Yep. V Chiefs. Is that possible? Yep. So I guess that'd be a, a rematch of last year. Yeah. Yeah, it would be actually, yeah. So that would mean that the Bengals would travel to Buffalo and beat them yep. in divisional round. Yep, back it in. Okay, fair, fair, fair enough. All right. And it sounds like you think Cincinnati is going to be your pick for overall. So we'll put that one in the vault. Yeah, look, well, I think by the time they get to the Super Bowl, yeah, it'll be a bit of a bit of a throw. But I think at that stage, it'll come down. Joe Burrow will be better than whatever quarterback San Francisco wheel out and he'll get it done. Brilliant. Edward, uh, I'd love to thank you for being our first guest on the show this year. Uh, oh, I'd love to have you back. Pleasure. Yeah, no, excellent. And to all of Ed's mates who are NFL fans, you're in, on my hit list. So uh, we'll be looking to get you on in coming weeks. I'm sure they'll oblige. Thanks, John. Love your work. Sports Social Podcast Network.